right, all right. Join the Journey family, friends, and guests. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, we're reading Proverbs 11. And today on the podcast, we're answering the question, what does God abhor? Or said differently, what does God hate? That said, two quick announcements. Thank you all for leaving a review on the podcast. If you haven't yet left a review, we'd love it if you did. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, here's what you're going to do. Go to the Join the Journey podcast homepage and then scroll down toward the bottom. When you get there, you'll have the chance to do two things. Tap a star to leave a quick rating and the opportunity to tap write a review next to the pen icon. If you're listening to the podcast on Spotify, shout out, that's where I listen every day, go to the Join the Journey podcast homepage and at the top, beneath the podcast description, you'll see a little icon with a star and a number. Hit that icon and you'll be able to leave a review. Now, my second announcement is this. With the Daily Bible Reading Plan podcast and journal made especially for kids, Join the Journey Junior is designed to help kids start forming the daily habit of spending time in God's Word and help parents guide them on that journey. If you've got little ones, eight and under, make sure to check out the Join the Journey Junior podcast, which we've linked in today's episode description. Now that we've covered our announcements, let's dive into today's lesson. Today, based on Proverbs 11, we're answering the question, again, what does God abhor, or said differently, what does God hate? And here's the deal. Good Bible study always starts with observation. Observation simply answers the question, what do I notice or what do I see? It requires considering who is speaking, what people involved, where they are, what people are involved, where they are, what they're doing, what words are being used, etc. Put simply, it's the who, what, when, where, and why of the passage. And when we start observing the text, we begin by looking for things that are emphasized, contrasted, listed, exaggerated, repeated, similar, different, or related. Have a pen out. Don't hesitate to mark up the page. Find out what is literally occurring in today's set of verses. Don't just try to look at one and ignore the rest. So all of that said, when I observe the text, when I look at Proverbs 11, I'm asking the question, what's repeated? And as I read this passage, I saw the words righteous and righteousness quite often. So I highlighted them and I'm going to read quite a few examples. And what I want you listeners to do is try to count how many times I say the word righteous or righteousness. All right. So we're going to count them. Here we go. Starting in verse four. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. The righteousness of the blameless keeps his way straight, but the wicked fall by his own wickedness. The righteousness of the upright delivers them, but the treacherous are taken captive by their lust. Verse 8, the righteous is delivered from trouble and the wicked walks into it instead. But with his mouth, the godless man would destroy his neighbor, but by knowledge, the righteous are delivered. When it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. And when the wicked perish, there are shouts of gladness. Verse 18, the wicked earns deceptive wages, but one who sows righteousness gets a sure reward. Whoever is steadfast in righteousness will live, but he who pursues evil will die. Verse 23, the desire of the righteous ends only in good, the expectation of the wicked in wrath. Verse 28, whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. Verse 30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and whoever captures souls is wise. If the righteous is repaid on earth, how much more the wicked and the sinner? 
12. That's 12 times we see the word righteous in this passage. So my first observation upon reading Proverbs 11 was that the word righteous is repeated a lot. And typically, if something is repeated, it's important. Additionally, when I observed this passage, when I began studying it, I asked the question, what is compared or contrasted? And two verses stood out. Verse 1, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. And verse 20, those of crooked heart are an abomination to the Lord, but those of blameless ways are his delight. And as I looked at today's chapter, I really saw or see verse 1 and verse 20 as file folders that sort all the other Proverbs in the chapter. Verse 1 shows us that a biased judge or a partial or unfair standard is an abomination to the Lord. It's something he hates. God delights in that which is fair, that which is just. And then in verses 2 through 19, we see the just or righteous person, the person who's marked by integrity, that is to say they, they do what's right even when no one is looking. The person who is righteous is compared to the wicked or unrighteous person, the one who makes poor choices. In verse 20, this, this dichotomy is set up pretty clearly. Those of crooked heart are an abomination to the Lord, but those of blameless ways are his delight. The Lord detests crooked or wicked heart, but those who are blameless, marked by integrity, again, are his delight. And in verses 21 through 31, we read more about the differences between these people. So in the end, it's really fair to conclude that the Lord delights in righteousness. And when it comes to interpreting the scriptures, asking the question, what does this mean? We want to let the rest of scripture interpret scripture. So a good question to ask is, what does the rest of the Bible say about this conclusion? When it comes to righteousness in particular, I'm instantly reminded of the book of Romans, in which we find the righteousness of God to be the primary theme of the book. And in Romans chapter 3, we learn that all have sinned. None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. That's Romans 3 verses 11 through 12. And later on in chapter 3, we read, starting in verse 23, I'm reading from the NLT, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in His grace, freely makes us right in His sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed His life, shedding His blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and didn't punish those who sinned in times past, for he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Verse 27, can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No. Because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. And when we look at Proverbs 11, it can be easy to see a to-do list. Judge fairly, be humble, make good choices, bless others, don't belittle your neighbor, don't slander others. And the list goes on. Really, it can be easy to see the whole book of Proverbs as a big, long to-do list or a big, long list of do's and don'ts. And while 
Yes, we should heed or follow the wisdom offered to us throughout the book of Proverbs. We have to remember that righteousness is not achieved by simply doing the right things or always making the right choices. On our own, none of us are righteous. And by our own strength, we are unable to make right choices. We will fail and we will fall short. Or said differently, we do fail and we do fall short. So as we think about responding to Proverbs 11, living differently because of what we've read, we have to have Romans in mind. We can't be righteous on our own. We are made right with God through faith, belief in Christ's life, death, and resurrection. But here's the thing. There is imputed righteousness, the righteous identity we receive when we place our faith in Jesus, and then there are righteous choices, righteous behaviors, and lifestyles. So the question is, the question for us today is, our, are our choices, are our behaviors, if you're a believer in Christ, are they matching your identity as a son or daughter of the King? Or does your life look more like those of crooked heart, those who have not received imputed righteousness. Do your behaviors match your identity? That's all we've got time for. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.